Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is Minister Ginger London, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in on today. Thank you so much. I am extremely excited about um, this show. You know, we've been looking at um, the last, uh, looking, reviewing over the first six months, not last, but the first six months of the year, and looking, taking a look at whether or not you have completed your goals that you should have completed by this time. If not, then what was the reason and how do you pick up and keep moving on um, for the rest of this year to complete those goals? So on today's show, the topic is how things can go wrong in pursuing success. You know, sometimes we're pursuing success, we're on the right track, we're doing the right things, and then all of a sudden something unexpected comes up, something beyond our control, Um uh, even things that we're doing get in the way of us actually uh, completing our assignments in a timely fashion or on target, as I would like to say. And so um, we're going to talk about that on today. We're going to open up the show with prayer. I'm going to give you the scripture foundation I'm going to come from and then let you know the things that we're going to be discussing uh, during today's show. And so I'm excited. And so if you have questions, um as I go through the teaching, please write them down, and then when we open up uh, the phone lines for discussion, then you can join in um, with your comments or you can ask your questions. So let's let's open up with prayer, and then I'll tell you a little bit about um, today's show. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus for this blessed afternoon. Father, we know that your thoughts toward us are good, that you have good plans and thoughts toward us, plans to give us hope in the future, nothing to destroy us, nothing to cause us any harm. And we stand on that foundation, believing with expectation that what you assigned us to do this year, that we can complete that assignment and that we can go over into any future years that you have blessed our lives to experience. Father, we thank you for the teaching on the day. I decrease as you increase Holy Spirit. Speak, I pray that every word that I speak will be words of life, that nothing will fall to the ground, but it will all the, the words I speak will fall on ears that have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to his people. We thank you. We honor you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So on today, again, we're talking about how things can go wrong in pursuing success. And the scripture foundation that I'm that we're going to teach a little bit from before we talk about goal setting and, uh, you know, how to get back on track is taken from the book of James, chapter one. And I'm going to read verses two through six. And it says, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work 
that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without a reproach, and it will be given to him. And so we're going to talk about how, what you can do when things start coming at you all at one time and, you know, unexpected, intentional distractions, all of those things. And so I'm going to talk to you basically, we're going to start with why goals are why goal setting is important. Because at the top of this year, if you set some goals, then I clap to you, hats off to you, that you are on the, you are on the right track. But sometimes things happen in our lives that are completely beyond our control. And if we don't know how to balance those things, we'll become um, uh, distracted by those things. And so I want to talk to you about why goal setting is important. And then I want to talk to you about um, um, how things go wrong. I'm going to talk to you about distractions, temptations, crisis situations that come up, problems that come up. And then on the last one, I'm going to talk to you about disobedience. Sometimes we're just disobedient. We don't move when God says move. We don't step out when he says step out. We don't launch when he says launch. We don't let our nets down when he says let our nets down. We're just disobedient. And things are not happening the way that God uh, uh, planned for us, for, for it to happen in our lives. And so we're going to take a look at that. The Word of God says, count it all joy. Uh, when you fall into, uh, the King James says, diver temptation, which means various or many. And temptation means trials and distractions, things that come up. You know, count it all joy. Sometimes when you're not on track, when you're not where you think you should be at a certain point in your life, when you look back over it and realize that you may have missed some steps, there are some steps that were out of place, out of timing, out of sync. There are some steps you didn't take at all. There are some things that you didn't do. If you become worried about it or if you become saddened by it, then you'll be distracted by it. But the word says to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Because remember on the previous show, I said, if God is for you, who can be against you? You know, sometimes we we, uh, mess our own lives up. But if we count it all joy, not that we're laughing at it, but we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So even when we recognize that we haven't done the things that we should have done, things are not, um, we're not on track, if we realize that God's joy is our strength, if we refocus back on God, then we can be empowered with the strength that we need to finish to finish strong and to finish successfully. So we have to count it all joy. And then it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Okay, sometimes these things that come up in our lives are testing our faith. Some things that come up, if you haven't done everything you should have done, some things are just just blatant distractions. They're not testing your face. They just come to get you off course, you know, or things that uh, people are doing and saying to get you to quit, to get you to stop. When your test, when your faith is being tested, that's those are situations where you come, where you truly have to believe God uh, that it's going to work out the way that he says it. And if you allow yourself to just trust God, then that testing will produce patience. And the word patience comes from Two Greek words that means under and abide. And when you put it together, it produces patience. It produces the strength that you need that no matter what situation or circumstance that you're brought under, if you abide in the word of God, if you abide connected to the true vine, then you will come out successful. There is nothing that can come into your life that will beat you down or cause you to just give up completely. And so that's what it means to count it all joy, you know, when you fall into diverse temptation. If you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength, then you can be under any kind of pressure. If you stay in God, you will be brought out of that pressure. 
So let's take a look at for those of us who, uh, and you, and for those of you, even if you wrote one goal down for this for 2012, you still set a goal. So there, I'm going to give you some basic things about why uh, it is important to set uh, goals or the importance of goal setting. I'm going to give you four components of goal setting, and I want you to write these down. Number one, clarity. And we talked about that on the first show, that when you put, uh, when you create a goal and when you uh, put a purpose behind that goal, that setting now has clarity for you. You now know what it is that you're aiming at. You know what it is you're shooting for. And so uh, goal setting brings clarity uh, to your life. It determines, you know, specifically what it is that you're going to do or what it is, the steps that you're going to take to reach that particular goal. So it brings clarity. Then goal setting promotes total planning. If you know you have a goal uh, for this year or you have a goal, let's say even for July for the next month, if you have a goal set then uh, and you have a, a, a steps that you're going to take to reach that goal, then what goal setting does is it helps to promote total planning. So if you really want to reach that goal, you just want to say, hey, I want to open up my first store in July. Uh, that's the goal that you set. But if you really want to open your store in July, you're going to create some strategic steps or you're going to follow some steps that will lead you to actually opening up that store or whatever it is. So what it does is it promotes total planning, you know, so. Um, you have to answer questions like, you know, what would it look like? If I was to complete this goal, what would it look like? And what do I need to do to actually reach that particular goal? You know, in planning, uh, it takes decision making decision making when you when you strategically plan something now you have to make a decision that you're going to walk those steps out and so uh in planning it promotes decision making all right and then the third thing is the goal setting precedes your outcome you know uh if you're in ministry it precedes church ministry and business it precedes your business if you're talking about doing something in with your family life it precedes um uh the family life it precedes everything and so you have to be willing to assess every action every function every program every step that you're going to take that's involved in you actually carrying out that goal so it precedes you actually reaching that goal and we need something in front of us that says these are the actions i have to take these are the functions that are going to that are going to occur and this is the ultimate program or this is the program that i need to set in place to reach this goal and then the fourth thing about goal setting is it presumes accountability. When you set that goal and you de develop strategic plans or you uh, get uh, someone to help you develop plans to reach your goal, then it presumes responsibility. You know, we're going to all be held accountable for everything that we do. So when you're goal setting or you establish goals, you must be done uh, realizing that your performance toward achieving that goal will be a part of your meeting uh, uh uh, the, uh, the steps that you're going to use to accomplish those goals. Okay, so we know that everything that we do, the scripture told us, tells us rather that uh, let everything that we do be done to the glory of God. So even when you're goal setting for your life, goal setting for your business, goal setting in ministry, you need to do it to the glory of God. And so that when you set those goals, it needs to be in alignment to the word of God, and you need to know that God sees everything that we do. And so when uh, you set those goals, you become accountable. And a part of that accountability is if we're led by the spirit of God, the, the scripture tells us we are the children of God. So when we're led to to strategically work out some plans 
or carry out some steps, then we are accountable to God, especially if these if you're doing the will of God for your life. You are accountable to God for walking out the steps that he has ordered for your life. So be cautious with how you spend your time. Be cautious with the goals that you set and uh, the the strategies that you're going to use to accomplish those goals because everything we do need to reflect the image of God. We need to give God glory at everything we do. We don't need to take shortcuts. You know, people, somebody might come in and teach us a way to get something done without, so we won't waste a lot of time, but we don't want to uh, take shortcuts. When I say that, I mean, um, uh, you know, diminishing the steps that we take, just trying to quickly hurry up and do something. We want to make sure that we strive for excellence, that everything we do is done in the spirit of um, of excellence. So you're going to have to strengthen your determination and say that it's important. The goals that I set for this year, even if I'm not where I thought I would be or not where I desired to be right now at the sixth month, I can strengthen my determination and I can keep going and um and I can finish this year strong. So let's talk about, those are the basics of goal setting. Remember, you got four components of that. And it's very important that you remember those four components of goal setting. It brings clarity. It promotes total planning. Number three, it precedes any, it precedes whatever it is you're trying to do, your business, your ministry, uh, the change in your life, you know, self-development. It presumes accountability. It's going to make you accountable uh, what the the steps that you have planned to take. So let's take a look at how things how things can go wrong. You know, goal setting can go wrong for a number of reasons. You know, when things happen, it can be uh, a great uh, this devastating effect to the self-esteem. It can make um, the ideas of even having new goals, uh, it can kind of diminish that or take your motivation away. You know, so we're going to look at the things that can cause uh, something to go wrong. So let's start with distractions, you know. One of the things that can go wrong is distractions, and we can easily become distracted. And so some of the real surface, you know, basic things that we can, we can dis- get distracted by TV, we can become distracted by uh, entertainment, for example, you know, going to the movies or listening to the radio all day or driving around cruising. I mean, these are elementary remedial things, but these are just basic ele- things of uh, that we can get distracted by. We can get distracted by telephone conversations. Somebody calls you and uh, you were just sitting down to work on um, your goal for that day and you get a phone call and all of a sudden they got a major crisis or what they think is a major crisis. And it certainly could be a major crisis for 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 that person, but it's not an emergency for you. And so you get distracted by that. And what could have been a quick 10-minute phone call now has turned into an hour and 10 minutes. And so you've lost an hour and 10 minutes focusing on someone else's seem to be crisis. And so now you're frustrated and disappointed with yourself because when you get off that call, it's like, wow, just lost an hour. When I could have been fo- when I could have told that person, let me call you back when I finish this. And I could have finished what I needed to do, and then called that person back. You know, so we can get distracted by some really simple things, all right? But let's look at what distraction does. You know, distraction causes a person to break focus. You know, so one of the ways that things can go wrong, it can, get, it can go wrong by distraction. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that can distraction, the only reason a, uh, men fail is because of broken focus. When you take your focus, when your focus is broken, you're going to fail at something or you won't succeed as well as you as you desire to succeed or you won't 
finish at all. You know, so broken focus is is a um, is a distraction, and so uh, a distraction causes broken focus. And remember, I said on the first show that focus is anything that consumes your time, your energy, your finances, and your attention. That's what focus is. And so, if you're focused on completing your assignment for the year. For this year or for your assignment for your life, when a distraction comes in, if you focus on that distraction or if you give too much time, energy to that distraction, then your focus will be broken. So your focus determines your mastery. So that's what I said in the first show. Your focus determines your uh, your mastery. Anything that has the ability to keep your attention has mastered you. So if you, the distraction comes in and it has the ability to keep your attention, it has now mastered you. And so now you're focusing on the distraction and you've lost sight of the goal. You've lost sight of your purpose. You've lost sight of your business. You've lost sight of your ministry because you're now distracted by something else. Something has come in and mastered your uh, your focus. It has totally caused your focus to become um, enmeshed in it. All right, and so it takes away um, your energy. It takes away ever, take away your uh, money. It can take away your time, and it causes you to be distracted. Be distracted. Okay, what you look at the longest become the strongest in your life. So something goes wrong in you pursuing success when you're not focusing on success. And when I say focus, I don't mean becoming obsessed with success, but if you want to be successful, if you want to complete your assignment for this year, you have to stay focused on your assignment. It doesn't mean that you don't have um, uh, times of pleasure, that you don't have recreation time, that you don't take a break, that you don't rest, that you don't do uh, enjoyable things, but it does mean that you don't allow the majority of your time to be distracted by something that has absolutely nothing to do with um, your goal or your purpose uh, in life. Distractions um, uh, can create insecurity and instability in your life. You know, you you focus on the distraction so long that you become insecure about what you should have been doing. Why? Because the enemy now gets in and makes you feel guilty by having not completed a goal, or having not completed your assignment. And so now you're looking back over the first six months saying, wow, maybe that wasn't for me to do, or I feel bad that I didn't get that done, so maybe you know, maybe that really, maybe God didn't have that for me. And the reality is you allowed yourself to become distracted, or you didn't recognize that you were being distracted. And sometimes people don't recognize when they're being distracted. All right? So distractions can come in. All right? So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to um, uh, stay focused on your goals. Stay focused on your vision. Stay go- focused on what God has caused you, called you to do. All right? So uh, what uh, y- your sight affects your desire. So you desire uh, to be successful, or you desire to be a minister, or you desire to uh, maybe start a, a Bible study or a small group or even a church, or maybe you're desiring to open a business, or maybe you're desiring to pursue a promotion in your career, on your job, you know, or you desire for your family life to be better. What you set your sight on affects your desire. So if you're distracted, your sight is distracted in the wrong direction, your desires will be diminished, and you and you won't desire what was in your heart, your desire, what you see. And so 
when you realize that you've been distracted, take your sight off the distraction and put your sight back on your desires. The Word of God says, uh, if you delight yourself in the Lord also, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So when you discover that you've been dis- uh, distracted by something, start setting your desires and your sights back on God, his word, and his will for your life. All right. And so that number one. Things can go wrong with distractions. Then things can go wrong with um, crisis situations. And usually crisis situations are things that are beyond your control, you know. And we have to learn how to to, uh, balance those things, how to handle that crisis situation without becoming psychotic, going, you know, uh, uh, becoming depressed and just crawling up in a hole somewhere. You know, we have to learn how to uh, put the fire out without losing um, the joy, the desire, excitement about what we should be doing. Crisis situations can come up at any time, but we have to learn how to manage our emotions well enough where we can manage crisis situations. You know, crisis never surprises God. He He knows everything about us. And if you look in the scriptures, you'll find that every champion, in scripture seem to be moved continuously from one crisis to another. You know, but uh the word of God says that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. The word of God says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We know that, you know, that through Christ Jesus we have the victory. So even though crisis situation where it's death, whether it's uh the loss of a home, whether it's a, a loss of material things, maybe you lost your job, you're in transition you know, maybe your company downsized, maybe it laid off people, whatever the case may have been, even though you may be facing a crisis situation, it, the crisis situation does not negate God's will for your life. You have to learn how to manage that crisis situation. And then you have to move forward. And you have to see the crisis situation some of them, some of your crisis situations can be opportunities for promotion. For example, you were on a job, and let's say you worked 10, 12, 15 years, and the company folded or the company downsized, and maybe you got laid off uh, with the company. Um, uh, that could be an opportunity for promotion. That could be a time where you can actually uh, look at the situation and say, now nah, I really not that you haven't in the past, but now I really have to raise my faith level, my faith to another level to believe God for a turnaround in this situation or to believe God for an open door so that I will not feel discouraged or feel um, like um, I can't make it. You have to look at that crisis situation as an opportunity, you know, uh, for promotion. You know, um, God tells us, you know, that his grace is sufficient for us when you read uh in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, God's grace is sufficient. You know, sometimes we crisis hit us and then we panic, and then we, you know we say, "God, this is just like a weak moment. I didn't expect this. I didn't uh, know this was going to happen." And we become weakened by the crisis situation. But if you can quote that scripture where He says, "And He said," that Paul said, "And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." You know, and so we have to remember that when we encounter a crisis situation, that we can call out to God and say, God, I need your strength in this situation. Your 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 grace is going to be sufficient. You're going to make, uh, um, your strength is going to be matured. It's going to show up in this weakness in my life at this moment. And so crisis situations be, can be moments of opportunity. It also, in that crisis situation, can be um 
can be a crisis that attracts the power and the strength of God into your life. Don't let the crisis uh, cause you to break down. You know, it may shake you a little bit, but even in shaking you, don't remember what your foundation is. Your foundation is the word of God. Your foundation is the, the purpose and will of God for your life. Your foundation is the assignment that has been given to your life. So don't let it don't let it up uh crumble your foundation. It may shake you, but it shouldn't break you. So we have sometimes we encounter crisis situations that are beyond our control, and we look at it and we say, God, your grace is sufficient. And so that crisis will attract the power and the strength of God into your life. And so remember that uh, you can be encouraged in knowing that you will have a divine companion through every crisis. You know, fear not. If you follow me on Facebook, you know, the, the post that I made today was from Psalms 27, uh, verse 1. You know, God is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, uh, fear not. Just be courageous. Be confident that what God has has purpose for you is going to take place. And no matter what comes up, now, so, you know, um, Sometimes we get a little uh, shaken by things, and sometimes fear does show up, but it should not consume your life. You shouldn't become paralyzed by fear because you have the Holy Spirit to walk you through every crisis situation. God said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. If it's something that is feeling overwhelming for you, Jesus says, you know, hey, cast your if you're heavy laden and burdened, cast your yoke upon him and take up, cast it upon him and take on his because his is light. You know, cast your cares upon God because he cares for us. Never be in a crisis situation and think that you're all alone or think that you are by yourself. The word says two are better than one. You know, uh, because if one falls in any capacity, the other one can lift him up. We're told to encourage each other, pray for one another. No man is an island. So if you, even if you're going through a crisis situation and it has um, hindered you in some capacity from completing a particular goal or walking out some steps that should have been walked out so far, fear not. It's not over yet. You can still get up, shake yourself off, call on some help. That God send somebody to me that can walk me through it until I'm strong enough to walk alongside me, until I'm strong enough to walk on my own. You can make it through this year successful. You can get up right now and for the rest of this month, you can focus on getting back on target, getting, you know, refocusing, refreshing the vision, and you can relaunch yourself and say, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to look back over it and pick up where I, where I dropped the ball, and I'm going to keep going because I want to finish strong. Remember, the crisis will pass. You know, the crisis is going to pass. You know, you got to be able to picture yourself beyond the crisis. You know, the crisis is not for you to stay in. You can, you can, God can bring you through it. You can um, learn from the crisis. You can uh, be just, you can just make it through it. You know, sometimes we have unexpected deaths. Sometimes we have uh, uh, unexpected medical situations or, like I said before, unexpected loss of jobs or, you know, uh, people fail us unexpectedly or disappoint us, I should say. They disappoint us unexpectedly. And, you know, we take it like a hard blow. And sometimes it is, you know, but we can make it through it. You know, you are more than a conqueror. You're not by yourself. So, one thing that can go wrong is distractions. Another thing that can go wrong is um, crisis situations that are beyond your control. You know, don't be such a perfectionist that you can't move, can't recognize those areas that are beyond your control. Don't let the enemy conf- confuse you and get you um, 
upset and all entangled with things that are beyond your control. Say, God, I, I, can't, I give it to you. I can no longer do anything with this. I don't know what to do with it. It's taking me off course. It's taking me off track. I need to release it to you so that I can go forward and be successful in what you've called me to be successful in. Okay, so then another thing that can cause something to go wrong um, would be problems that come up in our lives. You know, and we're all going to encounter problems. And again, how we manage it and, and what we do with it will determine whether or not we can get refocused, refreshed, you know, and get back on track. You know, it's going to be real important that we get back on track and stay refocused um, uh, in our lives. So let's take a look at problems. Let me give you a definition of problems. When I when I read this definition um, about problems, I was like, now nah, I can. I really like this definition because if you can really focus on this definition, um, you can make it through any uh, problem. Uh, situation that you may be encountering at this time. One definition that I ran across by um uh one of the uh great a great preacher in the uh the body of Christ and this is the definition and it says problems are temporary interruptions in a plan that pro- that produces discomfort, discouragement, disagreement or distress which must be overcome so that purpose and objectives will be realized. I'm going to read that definition to you again. You know, um, problems are temporary interruptions uh, in a plan that produces discomfort, discouragement, disagreement, or distress, which must be overcome so that purpose and object- objectives will be realized. I thought that was an awesome a definition of problems, and if you could see it that way, then we won't be so shaken um, um, by problems. And I, I just love that definition. So let's break that definition down a little bit. Let's take a look at it. The definition it says temporary interruption. So if it's temporary, that means that it's not going to always be there. That you know it's lingering for a minute, it's there for a minute. But remember, problems are temporary inter temporary inter interruptions. And so since they're temporary interruptions, don't get to the place where you believe that you're always going to uh, have problems around you, that they're going to always be there. You know, temporary interruptions, and when, when they show up, this is what they do. They, dis- they produce discomfort. That's one way you know that you've got a problem going on in your life. There's some discomfort that goes on in your life. So you're going to have to take a self-evaluation and say, what is this problem and what is the discomfort? And then you're going to have to come up with a strategy to bring some resolution to whatever that problem is. It causes discouragement. That's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants you to become discouraged where you'll give up, where you'll throw in the towel, where you'll say you can't make it, where you'll say uh, it's not worth it, where you'll say, well, maybe this wasn't for me. He wants you to become discouraged so that you will not be successful. Then it causes disagreement. When you become discouraged, what happens is you become angry. And then you become then there's then you uh create that creates disagreements. You because you allow the problem to overwhelm you and to consume your life. What happens is the disagree you now start disagreeing with people because when somebody comes up and makes you accountable for what you should be doing, then now an argument has not uh, uh come about. And so it creates disagreements, all right, and then distress. Some people become so distressed by problems that they can't even function. 
you know, in life. They go curl up in a hole, crawl up in a hole somewhere. They get under the covers. They pull the covers over their head. They go into a deep state of deep depression. It's like they go hide in a cave, deep in a cave somewhere. It causes distress, you know, and stress is not good for you. And so you have to remember that problems are temporary interruptions. So since you know that they're temporary interruptions, never buckle under pressure, but brace yourself for a faith fight. See, when you know that you know that you know what God wants to do with your life, when you know that the goals that you set at the top of this year are the goals that you're supposed to attain for this life, when you know the steps that you're walking in or the steps that have been ordered for your life, never buckle under pressure. But brace yourself for the faith fight. You know, whenever you... um, uh, uh, overcome, you build character, and you build integrity. So you can't let problems have over, overwhelm your life because problems will cause you to do things. If, if, it, if they overwhelm your life, can cause you to do some things that are ungodly. So what you want to do is you want to buckle, embrace yourself for a faith fight. You know, you have to remember that with uh, that uh, without faith it's impossible to please God. So by faith you have to re- remember what God has purpose for your life. You already know what it is. By faith you have to re- believe that you can accomplish it. All right? There is no problem that you encounter that you and God cannot solve, that you cannot overcome with God. Remember, you are more than a uh, than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So there is nothing, no problems that you encounter that you cannot um, uh, overcome with God. Amen? Amen? So you got to remember that. So let me give you some four facts that every believer should know about problems and that will help us through this if you encounter problems while you're trying to reach your goals or you're striving for excellence in your life for this year, number one, your attitude toward problems define your level of success, whatever your attitude is. So if you take the the faith attitude towards it, the faith fight attitude towards it, then guess what? You're going to push yourself until you, you actually accomplish that success goal that you want to accomplish, that ministry goal, that life. Uh, development, self-improvement goal that you want to do, that family goal, that you have your career goal. Remember, your attitude towards it will determine the level of success and will define your your level of success. So if you take a faith fight attitude that, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, this problem has to go. You know, the problem has to get out of the way. You'll be victorious. But if you take a, a negative attitude towards it, you will find yourself enmeshed in the problem. You become engulfed in it. Everything you talk about will be whatever the problem is. Every conversation, you know, every thought will be focused on the problem. And so you're not winning when you're consumed with the problem. You're winning when you overcome the problem. The second thing is problem, sol- problem solving defines the limitations of your potential. The problem comes in, it shows up, it may be a hindrance at that moment, but guess what? If you have problem-solving skills, then those skills will help you define the limitations of your of your potential. That means I will be able, to, you and I can look at that problem, whatever that problem may be, and determine what is this problem doing that is causing my potential to be limited. And then I will. You will create a strategy to overcome that problem, and then you will diffuse the limitation, and you will put forth again your greatest potential. So you need problem-solving skills in order to be able to define the limitation, the limitation, so you can get that out of the way, so that you can be successful. All right. Number three, problems uncover flaws in your plan that might lead to failure. 
So every problem sometimes is not one that's – every problem can be a distraction, but not every problem is a result of a distraction or becomes or comes into your life because of a distraction. So sometimes we have problems that show up in in uh, success when we're pursuing success because maybe there was a glitch in our goal setting or maybe there was a glitch in the strategies or the steps that we're walking out that we didn't recognize. Well, when we get into step, we're okay in step A, B, and C. But when we took step D, then the thing that we never anticipated shows up. Good thing because it helps you to recognize what that flaw is in your plan or in your strategy. And again, when you go back to developing problem-solving problem, uh, skills, that flaw won't shake you. You'll just use those skills to redefine the step that you need to take. You'll, find that you'll recognize what that flaw is, clean it up, and keep moving. All right? So problems uncover flaws in your plan that might lead to failure. And then number four, problems are, are wake-up calls to divine creativity. So that wake-up call to divine creativity, that means that when the problem shows up and, you, and you're and trying to figure out how to resolve the problem, pray for God to give you creativity. God, what is this? How can I creatively resolve this, solve this problem right here and move on and continue on to be successful uh, in, in my uh in my career, in my ministry, in life at this time, okay? So the four things, again, your attitude toward problems determine your level of success. Problem solving defines the limitations of your potential. Three, problems uncover flaws in your plan that might lead to failure. And number four, problems or wake-up calls to divine creativity. Creativity. So, if you are someone who has in, who has encountered problems and it's take the problems are taking you off course, they're taking you off target. Then here, I'm gonna give you some um, steps to help you um, with the problem part of it and, and solving a problem God's way. First thing you want to know is that the problem is solvable. Never think that there's a problem that shows up in your life that is not solvable. Because if you think that you can't solve it, you're gonna give up. And you won't even try to solve it. So know that the, the know that it is solvable. Number two, know that you have grace for the challenge. All right. So you have grace for the challenge. God's grace is sufficient for you. It's sufficient. All right. Know how to, know how it came about. How did this problem surface in my life? Was it because there was a flaw in my plan, or did this problem surface because I allowed I allowed distraction in, didn't recognize it, and that distraction produced problem? The, Know where it came. How did it come about? Know uh, where it where it where it's coming from, so you can target that target that particular thing. Then list um, develop a list of possible options. You know, it goes back to problem solving skills. Make a list of what are your options in this situation. What you know, how can I solve this, or how can I get out of this particular problem? What options do I have in this uh, in solving this problem? And then the last one is ask questions. If you if you are um, facing a problem and maybe you can't do those things I just mentioned, find somebody who you trust and ask questions. Run it past somebody, see if they can help you, see if they know how to um, solve the problem or know someone else where they can point you in a direction where you can get the help that you need so that the problem can be solved. All right? So, again, things can go wrong by... Distractions go wrong by crisis situation, 
Things can go wrong in pursuing success by uh, problems showing up. And the last thing I want to talk about and how things go wrong is disobedience. And remember I said at the top of the show, you know, sometimes we're just blatantly disobedient. We just don't do what God has told us to do. We don't follow the word. We don't do what the word of God says. We don't follow God's plan. Sometimes we're just disobedient. God says move out now, step out now, launch now, let your nets down. And we don't do it out of fear, out of just uh, we could be fearful. Uh, again, we could be distracted, or we could just outright be disobedient. We can procrastinate. You know, uh, we put it off. We put it off. We put it off. You know, God is speaking to us. We're just not doing it. Disobedient um, to the will of God and to the call of God. So let me give you a definition of disobedience. Uh, definition is a calculated choice. To deliberately go against the will of God and the order of God. A calculated choice. I know if you can't say it, I will. Ouch. A calculated choice. That means that you have intentionally figured out how you cannot do what it is that God has purposed you to do. How you have you have intentionally figured out how you will not take that step. How you will not... Um, uh, make that phone call or how you will not um, uh, open that business or apply for the promotion, whether you sit around and figure out, well, nobody's going to buy from me. Well, they're not going to hire me. You know, it's a calculated choice. You know, you have, you have strategically figured out how you are not going to obey what God has told you to do. And then we come behind that after calculated choice. After we figure it out, we come in behind with what we think are justifiable reasons why we have not done what God has told us to do. And all of those reasons sound good. And if you're like me and you have um, godly friends and people in your life, you could try to use that reason, but they come right behind it and say, won't wash. That is not a good reason. That is not why you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You just You're just not doing it. So a calculated it's a calculated choice to deliberately go against the will of God and the order of God. You know, so disobedience is never a pleasurable option. And I don't know about you, but I know when I'm not striving for a particular goal and I'm outright just not doing something, um, it is never a pleasurable option. You feel tired, you feel sluggish in your spirit, you you feel discouraged and disappointed because you know that there, there was something that you should have done and you didn't do it. And now, you know, even sometimes in your quiet time, you're trying to figure out how you can catch up. You know, we're trying to catch up with doing it. Well, the only way to catch up with doing it is to actually do it. All right, disobedience causes many may cause can cause your love for God to be a question. You know, some people uh, can go so far off in the disobedience that they don't realize that you know uh, the love for God is being questioned. Jesus said, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." So when God speaks to us and tells us to do something, if we love Him, we'll do it. You know, so we have to pay attention to that when we're in outright disobedience. All right, so. Here's some reasons why people disobey. You may people or some people may disobey God. Number one, a carnal mind is always against God. And so, if you want to be successful this year, want to accomplish your goal, you can't do it with a carnal mind. You got to do it in spirit. The word says, "They that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth." So, when you are striving to accomplish your your purpose or your assignment for this year, or to refresh your vision so that you can finish strong this year, you can't do it with a carnal mind. You can't do it with the, the with worldly principles and uh, the way the world does it. You have to do it 
It has to be a spiritual mind that you make that commitment to do the will of God. It has to be spiritual. Number two, uh, the second reason why people may disobey God is because they have personal private areas um, that they have uh, declared to be off limits to God. You know, you know, some people people want God to fix certain things, but they don't want Him in, his, in their money. Fix certain things, but they don't want God in their personal life. You know, so a lot of that disobedience comes from because we have not done what Romans chapter twelve says. Therefore, brethren, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's not just that's not just your arm or your leg. That's you are has to be presented to God. Your entire being has to be uh, presented to God. You have to yield every area of your body, all of your, all of your, uh, your um, members of your body have to be yielded as instruments of righteousness. If you want to pursue success God's way, you have to do it God's way. Number three, you have a need of acceptance from others. You you will disobey God if you're still trying to seek acceptance from others. God says you're going to be successful. Then somebody over here says, no, you, you don't need to start that job. You don't need to start a business. Just go ahead and stay on your job. And so because you want to be accepted by that person, you will never try being an entrepreneur or a business owner. You'll never try. Oh, don't try for a promotion. Aren't you just happy with where you are? And because so-and-so said it, not anybody, but because the person you want to be accepted by says it, you won't try for the promotion. You won't launch a business. You won't try to um, pursue anything that will advance you in life. You won't try to get along with your family. Oh, don't worry about them. I'm here for you. And so you want to be so accepted by them that you won't focus on improving your life or uh, mending uh, valuable relationships. You'll just do what they said. And so that person causes you to be in disobedience to God because you're listening to his or her voice instead of the voice of God. Then you have a low tolerance for short-term discomfort. You know, things don't happen all the, all the time the way we want it to happen, don't happen in the timing that we want it to happen. You know, sometimes we set goals and we want to see immediate results right away. And sometimes it takes a minute for things to show up. And, and, and since we don't, we have a low tolerance for short-term discomfort, sometimes we'll get out of the will of God and we try to rush things, do it on our own, fix it on our own, make it happen on our own and it doesn't turn out the way that we want that God showed us that it would, tar- would turn out. You can go ahead and launch your first seminar, but if you don't do it in God's timing, if you don't do it according to God's plan for your life, you'll have five or six people that'll show up for the seminar, but not the two hundred he said he was going to bring to your seminar. Okay. You can go ahead and, and launch that business and if you can be out of timing, you'll open the business, but you won't see the increase. You won't see the rush like God promised you because you're out of timing. We have to learn how to, to manage some discomfort times in our lives, all right? And so we have to learn to do that. So we don't want to be in disobedience. Disobedience can cause things to go wrong um, uh, in our lives, all right? And so we have to get beyond that because when you're walking in disobedience, one of the things that can happen when you're walking in disobedience is you can bring embarrassment upon your life. You know, and it'll look like, you know, that God didn't want you to do something when he did purpose it for your life. But because you're in disobedience and you're out of his will and timing, it appears as if that should not have been, that was not what God wanted. And so now it brings on embarrassment or you do it an ungodly way and that'll bring on embarrassment. You know, uh, you won't do things God's way. So you take that shortcut or that shorthanded or that under the table cut. You know, and then now you're embarrassed because then when the the when when the covers are pulled back, 
now you're exposed because you didn't do it the way God intended a purpose uh, for you to do it. And so those are the things that can actually go wrong uh, uh, when you're trying to pursue. Now, let me talk about some things that can go wrong with your goal setting. You know, before we uh, wind down, let me talk about a few things that can go wrong in your goal setting um, uh, that can kind of hinder hinder it. Number one, I'm gonna give you a couple of things that can happen with your with your goal setting. Number one, you have uh, you set um, outcome goals instead of performance goals. You know, I want to be successful. That's an outcome, but you didn't set a goal that would determine how you were going to be successful. You know, I want to start um, uh, a, a, a small Bible study group, but you don't know how you're going to do it. You didn't put the act of performance in there that will lead you to the actual small Bible study group that you want to start. You know, I want to um, uh, uh, open up an Internet business, whatever it is. You, you, you focus on the outcome, but you didn't focus on the performance of it. And so now it forces you uh, – uh, well, let me say this. When you set performance goals, the performance goals will focus you off to focus on uh, um, on how to get there, whereas the outcome goals only focus on the end results. And so if you focus just on the end results and the end results haven't shown up yet, then what happens is things can possibly go wrong for you because you didn't, you're not focused on the, the right part of that goal. And the right part of the goal is the performance part. So when you set goals properly, well, you will be doing it um, in a step-by-step manner and not just the end result manner. So if you have some outcome goals, go back, take a look at what you what you have for this year so far. And if you determine that they're outcome goals, go in and redefine or not or reshape, I should say, or add 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 the performance dimension to your outcome goal. Go back in and say, okay, let me add some step some steps in here that's going to bring me to this outcome. All right, because you don't want to be disappointed at the end of the year. You don't want to be disappointed next um, uh, next month. Okay, so go back in if you you know had an outcome goal and the outcome was the the end result, then go back and 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 skillfully put in place um, the step by step process that you're going to do to help you reach the end result. Say, for example, you wanted to start a business this year. Well, it hasn't happened yet so far because the only goal you had was, I want to start a business, but you didn't have a performance goal. Well, okay, don't give that goal up. You're in the, we're at the end of June, going into the last six months. Take a look at that goal and say, now let me go in and reshape this goal by adding performance goals. The first thing I want to do this is just an example. Right? The first step I want to take is I want to research the type of business I want to open. And that research is going to be, what you know, what is it going to take for me to open up this particular type of business? You know, what type of income is this going to take? Don't let that take three months. Just sit down one day and take a look at what is needed for, just do a little research, see what's involved in the type of business that you want to open. If it's a, a ministry project, you say, okay, I want to start a small Bible study group. That's the outcome. What's the first step I want to do? I want to take a look at what type of Bible study group is it? What is it I want to teach? What 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 are the areas that I want to, or categories that I want to teach in that small Bible study group? Then the next step might be, you know, who can I target to come to this group? 
you know, what, who are the what, what's the who are the people that I'm reaching that I want to come to the group? We can't service everybody. So who are the people that I'm that God has assigned me to? If it's in business, what is the product that I want to serve that I want to sell? Or if it's a service, what type of service do I want to uh, uh, sell to people or offer to people that they can pay for? You know, if it's self improvement, you know, you say uh, at the top of this of 2012, you know, I want to by the end of of 2012, I want to uh, be more loving. If it's self-improvement that you're doing, and let's say the outcome is I want to be more loving, but you didn't include any steps in it, performance steps. For The first step for you might be example is, is to do what the scripture says, let a man examine himself. So your first step might be to take a self-examination inventory to look at, you know, the areas that you, maybe you're mean, you know, maybe you're sharp tongue, maybe you're critical. You may have to do a self-examination to look at all of the faulty areas that are in your life that are keeping you from being more loving and keeping people from loving you. So you need some, you need to, if you, if you had an outcome, if you have outcome goals for this year, go back and, and reshape your goal by putting into there the performance goals. And the performance goals are the step-by-step, the step-by-step um, things that matters or steps that you're going to take to actually make the outcome happen. So the first thing uh, with your goal that may have kept you from reaching your goal so far is you focused on outcome goals instead of performance goals. Before this month is out, which is just in a few days, but you can do it. Before this month is out, go back and focus on performance goals. You don't do anything for the next couple of days, but write your performance goals out. Write them out. And at the top of July, start walking out those those performance goals and pray for God to redeem the time. You can look up and time, you can catch up with where you should where you should be. Okay, another thing that probably happened um is that your goals uh that you said were unrealistically high. They were too high for you to have attained by a certain period. So what that means is um, that when the goal is perceived to be unreachable, that no effort would be made to achieve it. So when you're looking back over it now, you say, why haven't I reached it? It could be because the expert, you had unrealistic um was the set of it or the, the goal was set unrealistically high. It was too high. For example, I want to be a millionaire by June. Well, if you weren't pushing out a product that was going to produce a million dollars by June, then that may have been unrealistically too high of a goal. Okay, so now you're looking at June being here and you don't have a million dollars. And so now what has happened is uh, you might become a little discouraged um, and you say, well, that didn't work. And so now you don't make an effort to really make a million dollars for the year. Because you give you, you you're gonna give up because you didn't make it by June. But who's to say you can't make it by December? So maybe the goals that you set for this year or like each month may be unrealistically too high for you to attain by the time that you wanted to have reached them. So just go back and redefine that goal. Set another date, minimize it a little bit. When I say that I mean bring it down from the plateau. To midway of the mount, the mount, the you know, uh, a little close to the valley if you have to. Do what you need to do so you can make it attainable for yourself, so you can be um, excited about having reached a goal for this year. You don't want this year to go. You don't gonna burn yourself out trying to reach a goal that's unrealistically high. So by the end of the year, you don't have it. So now you're just all disappointed, you know. And next year you say, I'm not gonna set goals. I'm just gonna let things happen. Okay, and you're going to be disappointed in 2013 because you're just going to let things happen. 
All right. So number one, you focus on outcome instead of performance. Number two, your goals were set unrealistically too high. Then the um uh the next one is um goals have been so vague that they're they're useless. That's the third thing. Your goals were too vague. Okay? And when your goals are too vague, it's gonna be difficult to know what to do with a vague goal because you don't have enough information attached to that goal to bring clarity. Uh, and we've been talking about that on the previous show and on this show. You know, so you can't achieve something that's unclear. You know, you can try, but you're going to get burned out. You know, so your goals your goals could be uh, too vague. And so when they're too vague, they're, 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 they're ultimately useless. You know, so again, you got to go back in there, reshape, redefine that goal, take the vagueness out, bring clarity to it. Specifically say what it is that you want to do. See, it's difficult to know um, if your goal has been achieved, if it's vague. You have nothing to measure it by, you, you know. So go back and make sure that it is clear. Uh, you you can't um, uh, measure a vague goal. You can't measure it uh, against um, expectations. You can't measure it uh against uh, your self-confidence because it's vague. There's nothing to gauge it by. So go back and take the vagueness out of your goals if it's too vague, and then actually go back and make it specific. You know, I want to be successful. Too vague for right now. You want that's a that, that's a major outcome, but it's too vague for right now. You need to come up with a goal or a step that you can do that's going to make you one place closer to being successful this year. Okay, so you say, I want to be successful in business but, uh, in 2012. Well, being successful in business might mean that the first thing you need to do is manage your time better. So your goal might be, I need to improve my time management skills. I need to manage my time better by keeping a planner of things that I should do each day. That's not vague. That's clear. Okay, you don't just want to be successful. You want to be successful in every area of your business, management, time management, uh, you know, planning, all of that. So go back and take a look at where you are, and if you haven't accomplished anything in the area of goal setting this year so far, it could be maybe your goals are too vague. So if they're too vague, go back in there and make them more specific, so that you can actually have something that you're reaching for. All right. And so uh, then the last thing about that can go wrong is in your goal setting is that they could be um, unsystematic or it can be disorganized. You know, um, if you just got stuff on sticky notes all over the place, hoping that you could run across the sticky note one day, then your your goals are disorganized. You need a place where your goals can be in a systematic fashion so that you can follow and track whether or not you are achieving those the goals that you have set for this year. So uh, a disorganized goal is when you have a goal, but you don't know when you're supposed to do it. So you say, oh, yeah, you know what I said this year I wanted to um, improve. No, I said this year that I wanted to read three business books. Well, let me see when I'm going to do that. You know, and then you just let it go, and you don't pick it up again until August. Oh, yeah, I remember I said I wanted to read. Uh, three business books. 
That's disorganized goal. You have no control over your goals or how they're supposed to be carried out, what's the systematic flow of those goals. They're just all over the place. And so here it is in June, and you're discouraged. Why? Because your goals are all over the place. They are disorganized, and anything out of order brings on confusion and chaos. And the Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion. So if this year things have been out of order and disorganized, shake yourself. Go get everything, take a moment, bring it together, put it in an organized fashion so that you can um, accomplish that. Uh, timing and goal setting is important. You know, like I said earlier, we sometimes we want everything to happen all at one time, and it doesn't always happen like that. It doesn't always happen all at one time. And so we have to strategically create some some steps that we're going to follow to make it happen. So timing is very important in goal setting. So before we close out on this, I don't want you to be discouraged. I I want you to be excited. Uh, Even if things have gone wrong in your life, use this moment to say I'm excited that I can pick up. Shake my shake myself off, pick everything up, and I can keep pressing toward the mark of the high calling. You know what your assignment is. You know where you are. You know what you have and what you haven't done. You know the things that have gotten in the way. You know the distractions in your life. You know the crisis situations that have come up. You know problems that they've surfaced that have come in your life. You know if you... Um, been disobedient in any form of fashion, you know if you've been disobedient. So we know all of these things about our lives. So we need to come within ourselves and say, come to ourselves and say, listen, we need to get things back in order. We need to get things back on track because my goal is to be, I don't want to be every year talking about what I should have done the year before or the year before that. I want to get to the end of this year, walk into the top of next year and be able to give a testimony about accomplishing the goals that I had planned, that I had set and planned for 2012. I want to be excited. I want to reward myself. Remember, don't get so I don't want you to get consumed with this. I want, because I as, as you know, as you accomplish these little tasks, I want you to reward yourself. It could be ice cream one day from one of your favorite ice cream parlors. It could be to go see the newest movie that's coming out, you know, set yourself, "Hey, I want to reward myself. I want to uh if I can if I do everything that I'm supposed to do this week on Friday when the new movie comes out, I want to be in the theater." Excuse me, rewarding myself from having accomplished those goals. All right? So I'm going to give you three hot tips on how to seize your goals, three ways to seize your goals and get back on track um, for this year. Uh, The first one is target your Target in on your goal. Remember what I said, what you focus on is what you are master. Okay, so target in on your goal. Focus on your goal. Zoom in. Put your spiritual binoculars on and zoom in to your goals, where you should be. Target in on your goal. It must be specific. It must be measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. You know those things about goal setting. You know, we SMART goals. We, we talk, hear that all the time, the little acronym. On smart must be specific. Remember, I said take the vagueness out and put and get specific with it. If you need help with your goal setting, that's what we're here for. You can shoot me an email on Facebook, or you can shoot me an email at ginger at gingerlondon dot com. Shoot me an email. That's what we do. We do ministry coaching, success coaching, life purpose coaching. Let us help you. We can help you with that because you know we don't know everything. And like I told you before, two are better than one. 
And so we sometimes you need somebody in your corner pushing you, telling you you can make it, telling you that you can do it. And so um, that's what you contact us. We, that's what we're here for. So target, number one, target it on your goal. Zoom in, you know. Um, some goals are big. Some goals are long range. Some goals are quick, short. You can do it right now. And, again, if you've lost focus of your goal, one thing for certain that you can target in on right now is re reclaiming the rights or reclaiming your goals. Bring them back into view. Bring them back into your vision where you can see them, you know, where you can stop walking in, uh, in, um, in disobedience and letting everything distract you. Bring them back into focus. Bring them back where you can see them and get clarity on your goals. Bring clarity to your goals. Target in. Number two, identify how you benefit from the goal. All right. A lot of times people set goals and they, you know, they don't really target, they don't really identify how they benefit from the goal, you know. So people uh, often fail to reach it because they concentrate on, you know, the goal so much that they don't concentrate on uh, the benefit of the goal, you know. Um, for example, uh, I'm going to use maybe a life improvement or uh, example. Uh, let's say you want to lose weight. That's a good one. Let's say you wanted to lose weight and your goal uh, was to, to lose uh, 30 pounds by June 30th. Then the benefit from that would be, see, uh, would be I'm going to be able to, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to breathe easier. You know, um, uh, I won't feel bloated, you know, or I'll fit my, my clothes will fit better. You know, that's the benefit of losing the 30 pounds by June 30. But sometimes we set that goal in January and we focus on, you know, the exercise, what gym I'm what menu am I going to use, what, you know, food am I We focus on all of that and we don't focus on the benefit of actually setting that goal to lose weight. And the benefit is I'm going to be more healthier. I'm going to breathe easier. I'm going to walk. I can walk longer without being short of breath. Or, you know, I'm going to fit. My, my clothes are going to fit better. So identify how you benefit from the goal, you know, and that instead of uh, and that will help you and it'll keep you positive, you know, uh, and as you make as you set your goals and as you uh Identify those benefits. Make a list of the the tangible. I just said it. The rewards that you that will be yours when you reach that goal. You know, each time you begin to ask yourself whether pursuing that goal is worth the effort, just simply take that list out of benefits, read them out loud again and again and again. And if they if it's worth the effort, then you actually do the steps that it's going to take. Is it going to benefit you? In business, career, ministry, doesn't matter. Whatever goal you set, what's the benefit from it? And I'm not talking to be honorary and conceited and self selfish, but it's still whatever assignment God has given to your life or whatever it is that's supposed to be going on in your life right now, there's a benefit in there for you. All right? And then the third thing is what this show is all about. List the obstacles that stand between you and your goal. Or your goals. Some people have one. Some people have more than one. So list the obstacles that stand between you and your goals. That's how things go wrong. It's when you don't recognize the obstacles and you get distracted by those things. So some you can list for sure now because if you've had any obstacles or distractions or problems or crisis this year so far, you can make a list of those categories to identify when they surface up. You know, you need to identify obstacles in order to be realistic and avoid being surprised by them. 
you know, um, sometimes people have experienced um, a lot in their lives, and uh, because they weren't, they, as I said earlier, there are no problem-solving skills, and then they were, uh, they, they were caught aback by, they were like really surprised by uh, a situation or a circumstance, and some things can catch us off guard, but you should be mature enough now in your spiritual walk, you know, that you can, you can, you can manage some situations a little better uh, than just being caught off guard. You'll be able to manage some things a little bit um, uh, better. All right. So um, one way to help you do that is remember your attitude about uh, your goals and your goal setting. Remember your attitude towards problems. Remember your attitude. Your attitude determines. Or defines your level of your your faith level or your le- your level of success. All right. Focus on your commitment to accomplishing and achieving your goals this year. Focus on that. If you're committed to it, then the obstacles might get in the way for a moment, but they won't stay in the way. All right. Remember responsibility. Responsibility. Your ability to respond to a situation. Take responsibility, and that's only your part. And so if your part is to go around that obstacle, then go around the obstacle. If your part in this, your your, your responsibility is to meet this obstacle head on, confront it, and, be, and overcome it, then do what you have to do. And also, remember to keep your focus on the benefits of obtaining your goals, reaching your goals, because the benefits are what's going to motivate you and push you to succeed. You know, and and, you, and the benefits will keep you excited about what it is that God has purposed for your life or whatever your goals are for this year. The obstacles will discourage you, but the benefits of of achieving that goal will keep you excited about whatever that is in your life. And uh, it's so important that you that you keep the benefits before you because uh, if you lose, if you become distracted by problems, if you become distracted by what can go wrong, you'll miss out on the rewards that come with, a, with achieving those goals. So it's, it's really important that you keep your focus. Remember, any, what you focus on is what you master, and anything that can get to distract your focus will master you. So don't let obstacles, problems, uh, um, uh, crisis situations, don't let any of those things uh, come uh, into play or in, and cause you to lose focus uh, on that. So before we close uh, the show on today, I'm going to give you uh, some um encouragement on being committed on being committed to your um to your goals and to your um assignment because I want you uh to really succeed this year. I know every year we go at the top of the year talking about we're gonna do better, we're gonna get ourselves together, you know, um uh, we're gonna make sure that we don't do the same thing that we did last year, and then we do just like where we are right now at the middle of the year in the month of June, and we talk about you know what we haven't done so far, and you know what got in the way, and we start feeling bad, and and we get um uh, consumed um uh, with all of that, and we still miss out because we end up closing the year still saying the the uh, the same thing. 
about why we didn't do better. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about commit, commitment, and I want you to become passionate about your assignment. And so we're going to talk to, about commitment and passion. So let's do commitment first. And um, remember I told you that this that uh, disobedience was a calculated um, uh, uh deliberate uh, avoidance of doing what God's will for your life. Well, commitment is similar but just the opposite. The definition of commitment is a deliberated and calculated choice to steadfastly set your course with an unwavering obligation to accomplish a predetermined objective. I think that's awesome. So no matter where you are right now, in the June, no matter where you are in achieving uh, your goals, or even if you put off setting goals for this year, for the for your personal life, for business, for ministry, it doesn't matter. No matter where you are, if you take this definition of commitment and apply it to your life, I guarantee you that you'll wake up in the morning or before the day is out, you'll be excited about going forth in your life. You'll be excited about going, moving beyond anything that was getting in the way. You will not make any more excuses. You will move forward in the things of God. So the definition, again, is a deliberated and calculated choice to steadfastly set your course with an unwavering obligation to go above and beyond your original expectation to accomplish a predetermined objective. You go above and beyond your original expectation. So guess what? For you and for, for, uh, and for me, guess what that means? That no matter what we set, the goal that we had set, the goals we had set at the top of this year, when we look at where we are right now, if we make a commitment to that, we will go above and beyond. And you know what the scripture says, right? That God is able to do exceedingly um, uh, above anything that we can imagine or think by the the power of Christ that works on the inside of us. So even if we're on track right now, when we make a we when we recommit or we make a steadfast commitment to finishing strong this year, then guess what? We will go above and beyond what our original expectation was. That's how awesome God is. That he would allow something to happen beyond what you expected just because you committed to carrying out his will. So I'm excited for you already because I want to hear the testimonies about later on in a couple of weeks how when you committed to your goals that God did something exceedingly above, abundantly above all that you could imagine and think by the power of Christ working because you committed to following through on what he purposed for you to do. So remember your commitments to the thing, things of God uh, cannot be surpassed by anything or anybody. You know, your commitment no, can never be surpassed. Nobody can get in the way of your commitment. You know, you can allow them to distract you from it. But if you stand firm in it, nothing can get in the way. Remember I said there's not a problem on this earth that you and God cannot, that with God's help, that you and God together cannot overcome. If God is for you, who can be against you? Fear not. You can do this thing. You can do whatever God purpose for you to do. You can you can launch that product. You can start that internet business. You can start that uh, local business in your community or area. You can uh, start the church Bible study uh, class. You can do whatever God has purposed you to do if you get serious and become committed to what God has purpose for you to do. All right, and so. Uh, 
let's look at three levels of of commitment that will help you. First is the opinion. That's a level where you just, you know, you give your, you know, well, in my opinion, I think. You don't want to be on that level of commitment. You don't want that opinion level of commitment because you just state something, you know, and that's it. You will never put any feet to the words that you speak just on the opinion level. All right, and then you got the belief level. That's where you, if if you if you're growing, you at least want to be right there. Believe without doubting. If you purpose in your heart and believe without doubting, you can you can have what you ask God for. So if you if you're not if you're becoming strong, or you're not really where you should be, at least get right there. At least by faith, say I'm on the belief level of commitment. I believe if I commit to God, if I commit to what God wants me to do, He's going to make it happen. Right, and so at least get to the belief uh, level, and then the third level is the conviction level. And when you get on the conviction, when you get on the conviction level, when you get on the conviction level, then you then you are ready to put some feet to it, because now you know that you have to pursue what God has called you to do. So that's the only thing I'm gonna tell you about commitment. We all understand commitment. If you if you're not as strong as you would like to be, at least by faith, do the belief commitment. But if you are strong, then do the conviction. And whenever you have a conviction about something, you will pursue that thing with passion. And that's where I want to take it to passion. If you have a conviction about something, you will pursue it with passion. Right? And passion is power. Passion is power. Passion will push you to doing exactly what God wants you to do. And that's where you want to be. You want to be at the power level. And the thing that can get you at the power level to accomplishing your goals this this year is passion. So passion is power. You will um, never have significant success with anything until it becomes an obsession with you, until you become passionate about it. And, that's, and I mean that in a good way. Until you become passionate about it, you will not have success with it. All right. And so we want to, whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing, Push with passion. It's going to bring the power. And then power is magnetic. I mean, not power. Passion is magnetic. Passion will draw the things to you that you need. Amen? It will draw those things to you. And so passion is magnetic. You know, um, whatever it is that um, that you're pursuing and doing, whatever you're doing, um, uh, it will happen because passion is magnetic. All right, so uh, keep that in mind. It will draw the people to you that with whoever you need. If you say that um, you're going to uh, start a business, open up a business, then guess what? When you're passionate about it, it will be magnetic. It will draw the customers to you. If you're in ministry, it will draw the people to you that you are assigned to. Remember, we can't service everybody, but the somebodies that we are assigned to, when we become passionate, it will draw. It will be a magnet. It will draw them to us. Remember that it would draw the people to us. Um, and your the third thing is your passion is unforgettable. It's unforgettable. You want people to be able to identify you at least one way of identifying you is through the passion that you have. And if your ha- passion is godly, it's unforgettable. People will remember you through your passion, what you're passionate about, the impact you're making, the influence you have, uh, the success that comes with it, that your passion is unforgettable. So if you can remember those uh, things about passion, you can focus on your goals, you can um, be successful 
uh, regroup, refresh, relaunch is what you can do. Um, uh, so um, I, I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by today's show. I hope that you're encouraged. Certainly, I'm humbled by you being here, but I want to hear your testimonies. I want you to email me, and I want you to, to call or something. Uh, find me on uh, Facebook or Twitter or where, whatever social sites that you are involved in. Um, or like I said, you can email me at ginger, gingerlondon.com, and let me know. I want to hear your testimonies, but I want you to take a look at where you are in your goals for this year. Um uh, examine them again. If you re- if you need to go in and redefine them, reshape them, refresh them, do what you need to do because you need to finish strong and you need to finish in passion and you need to be committed to what God has called you to. So um, I'm excited uh, uh, that uh, we that you are here and um, I just want to mention before we go, you know, for those of you who are listening by phone, you can't see the chat room, and so we have somebody in the chat room that says we need to change our self talk, and that is so true. So I want to encourage you when you go back and review and examine your your goals, change your self talk. Speak positive. Uh, speak positive confessions over your life. Speak positive things as you're exam- reexamining your goals. Uh, make it happen. Make it happen. David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Speak words over your life that's going to excite you and produce another level of commitment in you to the things of God. Um, so um, if you want to see some of the products that I have, you can go to gingerlondon.com. There is a um, uh, a product store, online store on gingerlondon.com that you can go to and you can see the resources that um, that I have available uh, for you, so I want to thank you uh, once again for listening uh, in on this afternoon's show. God bless you. Stay uh, connected. We have a couple more shows coming up on um, uh, refreshing the vision and uh, getting refocused um, before we move into uh, the next half of 2012. So God bless you. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>